and welcome to Navigating Nursing. I am your host, Laura Whitehead, a registered adult nurse, a critical care nurse, qualified lecturer and fellow of the Higher Education Academy. And I'm joined today by Emma Firth, who is a regional primary care lead for Yorkshire Prisons. Thank you so much for joining me today, Emma. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. So we're going to go right back to the beginning of your um, your nursing journey. Did you always know you wanted to do nursing? I think I'd always had the thought of being a nurse in the back of my mind. But actually, when it came to doing my A-levels, um, I started doing quite well in English. Um, so I'd got it in my head that I wanted to go to university to study English literature. And then literally a matter of weeks before I were due to go, um, I changed my mind and I said, I can't, I want to be a nurse. Oh, wow, um, so, right last minute. Yeah, so um, obviously I'd already had my A-levels, so I didn't go to university in the September and I waited and luckily got into a January intake um, oh, to start my nursing, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And what, what kind of do you think led you to like make that? change that decision I think I just knew deep down um nursing is something I'd always wanted to do I can remember years ago I attended a funeral and the family spoke about the nurse um, and how good they'd been at the time and I just thought wow like what an amazing job that this family's at like their lowest ebb and they remember someone just for basically doing their job and I thought that must be such an amazing thing to be able to do and then I just went and did it I don't come from a nursing family I was the first one to go to university so I don't know where it came from really yeah yeah well good inspiration um, we're lucky that you made that decision rather than English um, oh, so thank the, you so at the moment um, so you went to the University of Huddersfield and you qualified in 2014 um, and you you know the moment you're um the regional primary care lead for Yorkshire prisons but you didn't go straight into working in the prison environment did you on qualifying no no so um on qualifying it were very much and it's still heard today that you've got to go onto the wards before you can go work mm. anywhere else and I don't know where this myth comes from, I don't know but it's everywhere isn't it <laughs> everyone th- everybody says the same still um for some reason so I did actually apply for a prison and I got told I weren't qualified enough um so I went and worked on surgical and gynecology uh, for three years which I absolutely loved a bit of a mismatched ward there I think the gynecology ward were getting renovated and they'd put it on female surgery, but then it just stuck. Okay. Um, but, that, but then unfortunately the ward was going elective and I thought still a bit early days for me in my career um, to be elective. So that's when I saw um, a job at a high secure prison um, nearby and then I took the plunge and I went and worked there as like a primary care nurse. I think it had always intrigued me. I think it's the unknown um, which is what we see a lot. Like whenever I mention that I do work in prisons, everyone's like, oh my God, tell me more about it. But to actually go and work there, no one ever seems to want to make that sort of plunge over. And this is one of the reasons why I'm a really big advocate for the work that we do. Um, just because I think it's such an undertapped resource and an amazing area of nursing um, that I'm really keen to get qualified and students into. Into the area. And do you think that, do you think that you, you, primary care, was that something you would be interested in outside of the prison environment? Or do you think because of such of the unique working environment that you have in prisons, that's why you're drawn to it? 
I think it was the the prison environment that drew me, not the primary care. So how I always describe prison nursing is it's very much like the role of a primary care nurse. So we have all the structured clinics. We have like a quaff register. We do vaccines. We do wound care. We do everything um, that you would see all your long term condition management. But then you just have this other unique element that you only ever see in prisons, the complexities that the patients bring. And what would you say for anyone that was interested in prison nursing? What advice would you give for them? I'd always say just get in touch with your local prisons and ask to speak to the nurse, um, like the nursing team there or the the lead nurse. Most prisons will. um, We accept students, obviously, interviews. You can come in and sort of have a look round, sort of shadow us, see what we're doing for the day. Obviously, there is security clearances to go through a cat. Obviously, just let anyone, yeah, have anyone. Come and have a walk. <laughs> just have anyone come and have a walk round. But we'll really, really engage with people who are who are interested. We can have those conversations. There's so much literature out there. I know the RCN's got videos all about placements and working in prisons, but people just don't know about them. So come and come and speak to us and ask us what we do. Ask us what a day is like. And what's your favourite part of your job? I think for me, and I've always said this about prison nursing, I truly believe that you can make a difference to someone. Um, whether that be something as simple as showing someone how to look after and manage their wound care, or if you know someone's not going to engage in services in the community, just sort of giving them the red flags of when they do need to see someone. And I think you can truly, truly get through and support and help people. Um, with a lot of complexities and I think you just don't see that in other in other areas of nursing and that's what I truly enjoy. And I was teaching my undergrads um, on the nursing associate course all about health promotion and public health um, last week and I was looking at the content before and I think sometimes we kind of forget the massive impact that nurses can have on people's health education and their development of their ability to autonomously look after you know themselves and manage their condition. Yeah, so this is one of the great things um, that talking about prison nursing has done. So I've actually been invited into a couple of universities in the health promotion modules to talk about how we deliver health promotion in prison because it's so unique, but yet so we know it's working and we know it's working really well. So how can we do it so so great with such um, a challenging and complex patient group? Um, And how do we get share our skills out into the community it's not just about those community skills coming into um into into prison it's pushing them back as well um so we've been doing we've been doing a lot of work um, with students around that too amazing um and you've done um you know a lot of kind of postgraduate study since you qualified so you're a non-medical prescriber how did you find doing that doing that module doing that qualification yeah, so at the time when I was working um, in a male site, I was the cardiac rehabilitation lead. Um, so obviously what came with that was the uh, like the cardiovascular management, hypertension and whatnot. And it just seemed to make sense to go do my prescribing in that area. And I absolutely found it one of the most fantastic courses I've ever done. Um, it was so demanding as in time. Um, but actually from what I've taken from it, I don't think I've ever studied on a course quite like um, my non-medical prescribing and I think if you've got an area that you are a specialist in um, 
if if prescribing is part of that absolutely extend those skills um it is such a fantastic course um and i think it's just an amazing thing that nurses can do that now i just think wow well not just nurses um lots of multi, um professionals can do that it's fantastic um, professional nurse advocate course and um, what made you interested in in doing that and studying that area I think due to the nature of where we work um the the company which I work for really are big on staff well-being um and from that came obviously the role of the professional nurse advocate and we're lucky to be led um by national lead on that so the company really really do value staff's um staff's morale resilience and whatnot so as a lead nurse I obviously I stood up to that challenge and said I absolutely want to be a professional nurse advocate because not only is it looking after your staff it's driving them forward and I think if your staff are well looked after they feel like they're being invested in the natural ongoing from that is that you're going to see better patient care so as much as the role is a lot around like the resilience and whatnot it encompasses so much more and really drives services forward in your staff um so we're seeing some really really good outcomes from that so i'm, re I'm really proud to be um to be a pna you'd recommend to anyone else um that, that's kind of thinking of applying yeah i would always say where every workplace i believe now should absolutely have a pna so every ward every um every pris prison environment every community hub wherever you are working um as a nurse we should absolutely be pushing for the pna um and those who have got it engage with your pna because it's still this like Un undertapped area, supervision, PNA, all these things, it's just seen as often these tick box exercises. But when you actually invest the time and the engagement into it, the outcomes from it, are, they are just fantastic. We're seeing some really, really good things um, across our company from, from having the PNAs there. And I think as well, I think some of the time in nursing, it might be the only time you feel like you have a conversation with your manager would be your appraisal and that, you know, about your career or how you're going or how you're feeling. And that's what, 15 minutes, 20, you know, maybe once yeah. a year. Um, and actually yeah. the PNA gives that opportunity, doesn't it, to, to have those conversations outside of a kind of development tick box career element. Yeah, and the the PNA is led by you, so it, in, and it's looking at what are your feelings, what's driving those feelings, what's behind those emotions, um, as to why you might be feeling burnt out or tired or stressed or, you know, whatever it is. But equally, it doesn't necessarily. You don't have to see a PNA for a negative thing. You can actually go and talk about really positive things that have happened as well and reflect on them and say, actually, you, I had this really complex patient and I did all these things. So I think I'm going to take this into the team because I think there's can benefit. So it isn't just about those sort of negative nurses are worn down emotions. It's it's about reflecting and sharing and developing good practice. And I think as well, sometimes I think we, we're quite hard on ourselves in nursing of like oh I should be able to manage everything or I'm okay I'll just need to get through these runner shifts and then I'll be all right but actually seeking that support and being aware that, that things can be done can't they to make 
work less stressful and more manageable yeah I, th- I think there's definitely this superhero complex mm. that's been put on us um especially by the media that are completely you know the the superheroes and actually no no we're not we're we're human beings we've often got families home lives work lives a million one things going on and we are humans at the end of the day this shift has been overwhelming um I'm feeling like I can't cope at work that is absolutely fine to say that you're not you're not going to lose your superhero cape that you've been given it's about standing up and saying actually we are humans um and we're working in really really poor conditions I'll try not to get my RCN um (laughs) cap on um but yeah yeah we we deserve better we deserve better don't we like I work in the independent sector so I don't have um I don't have a vote but I absolutely think um nurses do deserve more we deserve better and we're not we're not these heroes that we're portrayed to be. And I think bringing in um, the PNA and stuff, it is helping with that, but there's so much more uh, needs to be done on like the wider perception of what nurses actually do. Because um, mm, I think completely. it's massively underestimated. Massively. And I think almost the word nurse, I think there's so many jobs that are included or so many roles and areas of speciality that are included within a registered nurse and now registered nursing associate it's almost like the general public aren't aren't aware of what that job is or what that entails if that makes sense yeah absolutely and I think like we're recently seeing in the media as well now about it's on about the trying to bring nursing away from university mm. uh, which I just think is a huge huge step I found I found the conversation really because um, I'm the pro- a program I'm a program leaders for apprenticeship programs at Middlesex Uni and I found it really annoying there were all these articles um a few weeks ago this is within UK if you're listening abroad and it was saying um you know nursing is going to become an apprenticeship and how horrendous that is and it's like apprenticeships still happen in a university I've got students that are going to be registered nursing associates and registered nurses that have done it's just a, it's a funding issue it you know it's got nothing to do with whether it's a BSc whether it's a foundation degree I, I just I think sometimes there's so many people that are writing articles and that are given a voice about nursing that don't have the knowledge that don't yeah, understand yeah absolutely and it's that scaremongering isn't it um yeah. And I think there's definitely, we're seeing this sort of turn in the media for nurses with the strikes. And there's been some really sort of negative, mm-hmm. um, some negative headlines and whatnot saying, you know, about people dying because of the strikes and whatnot. And I think we're striking because people are dying, which were one of the things that Pat Cullen has said um, from the, like the RCN lead. We're not, we're not doing this because we want to, we're doing this because we have to. And ultimately, there's got to be change, hasn't there? There's got to be development. We've, we, and we've got to make, ultimately, care's got to be safe and we've got to make nursing an attractive profession for people that, that, that potentially want to join. Um, you know, we've got more people leaving the register than joining for the first time ever. How do we change that? How do we make sure that there are enough people being trained? Um, and yeah, one of those ways is pay. One of those ways is working conditions. One of those ways are development and making sure that it's a career that people can do for as long as they want to, rather than it, the conditions are so horrendous. You do a few years and then you're burnt out and you leave, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a big believer, like nursing is not a vocation. I don't mm. think you're born within it, um, with it within you to want to do. I think it is a career, Um 
and people can progress this and like you said before about there being so many different areas of nursing you know there's the academic side the research side the clinical side the management the leadership there's so many different areas and I think as you said before it, it is a career and it's a profession and we need we need to really sort of sell, sell that ourselves um, as a current nurse nursing workforce which is fantastic with you doing things such as this sort of getting those ideas out there thank you yeah and that's the aim really we just want people to be aware of what's possible and and and, and what's available really because I think some a lot of it seems not a secret but it seems quite difficult information to get hold of really yeah I think the public perception of when you say I'm a nurse is that you're on a ward looking yeah, after your totally. bay of patients with your medication trolley um doctors comes around and tells you what to do and that that is your day and I think that's a very wide perception of what um what nursing is and what nurses do completely agree and before we did this podcast we kind of had a bit of a chat about um you know asking some questions really and one one of the the points you'd raised was about don't believe about the myth of kind of de-skilling or you know uh, losing of clinical skills and that's personally one of my uh things I can get on a soapbox about um and I completely agree I think as you said just now there is that view isn't there that to be a nurse you have to be in a uniform be in a set of scrubs and be you know in a ward doing care that people can kind of understand um and and people might be put off going into other areas because they're worried what if I lose my clinical skills and actually I don't think you lose them in the way that we're kind of told that you do exactly and I think no matter where you work whether you stay in a hospital or go into primary care you're going to need a wide variety of clinical skills Um, and I think no matter where you work you're going to develop new skills to fit the patient need of what you've got so whether you work on our intensive care unit for five years you're going to need a completely new set of skills before you go work in community or yeah. then if you went to a and so I don't know which these core set of skills are that we all <laughs> seem to be what we seem to be gathering in those first few years like I don't know what falls onto the list of these core skills. what's the pre-approved uh... <laughs> yeah like what what are these skills that I'm going to lose if I move into a different area because what I think you do in your nursing journey you just collect more and more and more. Mm. And some of them, yeah, if you don't practice them for a while, say suturing, for example, I might need a little refresher before I go do it again. But that's just, that's the nature of doing anything, isn't it? I don't think it's these, but yeah, we seem to have these core skills within us um, that (laughs) That we're born with. (laughs) That we can only get in the first three years of qualifying. And if we don't get them, then we'll have them again, apparently. And I always think it's that way of like trying to pigeonhole people, isn't it? You know, if you go into this area or if you move, like, you know, even, you know, for example, me, you know, uh, being a lecturer at a university, lots, I've had lots of people, you know, oh, you're not worried that you're not, that you're not clinical. And it's like the amount that I've learned about policy and theory and pathophysiology and pharmacology. And also I teach clinical skills as part of my role. Actually, yeah, you're right. When I go back and do an intensive care shift or, you know, when I did the vaccinating project, had I given an IM, you know, COVID vaccine before? No, I hadn't. Neither had anyone else there. Um, but we could all learn and develop as we go, can't we? It's, it's not that I am now stuck and I will never, ever go back and kind of 
you know, use a hemofiltration system, I can go and do book that shift and do that training and then become competent again. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is one of the things that is quite unique with the prison nurse and people say your skills are going to become tailored to the environment you work. And I'm like, I hope they do, because then I'll absolutely yeah. be, be perfect at what I'm doing. And then if I choose to go do a bank shift um, on my old ward, then that's absolutely fine. If I'm unsure about something, I'll speak to the staff and I'll source that training and, and get to what I need. But yeah, I think um, we become masters of our area, but that doesn't mean that the wall goes up and you can't you can't reach out to others. Um, mm. I think it's I think it's a correct thing that you become really good at where you work. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's what you, we want. We want think, competence. <laughs> that, that is absolutely that's absolutely what we want to see. And if you do go into another area, we just you, you know you limits, don't you? And you yeah. source that training. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and what advice do you have from everything that you've learned? Um, you've already given some amazing gems, but throughout your career today, what advice have you got for any um, newly qualified nurses? For newly qualified, I always, let me think, I would say hold your own and have the confidence um, in what you're doing, but equally like know your limits. So what, I can remember when I first qualified, I'd been... I'd done my placement on the ward prior to where I was then going to work. And I think it was, it was just that assumed because you'd been there so long. Um, Cause by this point, when you'd come qualified, you'd maybe been on the ward for three months by then. Mm. Yeah. That, that 12 week management placement's a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just knowing your limits and seeking that support and asking for that help. And that doesn't necessarily have to be, the clinical support of I don't know how to mix this antibiotic or I don't know how to do this but asking for that support of do you know I've had some really complex patients today and I felt overwhelmed can I just talk this through with you to see that you do so it's getting that support for your for yourself and for your well-being because what we see in a lot of work place areas is it's those first couple of years when it's the make or break for nearly qualified nurses Mm -hmm. and I think that is all to do with the well-being and the support and this is why going back to the PNA this would be perfect for the nearly qualified nurses Um, but yeah for me it's just get get the support and don't feel that if you feel overwhelmed that you're not managing as a registered nurse because we all absolutely feel like that oh, um, behind, and us, I think, behind us tunics we absolutely there's <laughs> no cape there for any of us we no, no, none. and I think as well I think so much about being a third year and then also then qualifying is based on clinical skills isn't it being signed off your proficiencies being deemed competent doing your hours or doing your preceptorship when you've qualified and I think sometimes yeah we forget and I think that some of the things I found the most stressful was was patients asking me for advice about when I go home, what do I do? Or when, when do you think I should be able to, I worked in cardiac surgery. When can I go back to work or what exercise can I do? Or my, you know, I'm end of life and what's my plan or what should I tell my wife? Or, you know, all those kind of things that if you haven't got the experience, I didn't actually have the answer to those questions because I didn't know. I didn't know how to have some of those conversations. And I was really lucky to have an amazing then it was mentor. Now it would be a practice assessor in, in the UK yeah. um, who basically was like, come and watch me have this conversation. Come and watch me have this chat with the family. Come and watch me talk about end of life care or palliation or you know whatever it was going to be. 
otherwise I would have had no idea how to start that how to start that conversation or how to answer those questions and it's funny you should say that so I'm nearly 10 years qualified now I still want to shadow those conversations Mm -hmm. I still want to say to my line manager before say if I'm going to have a conversation with someone can I just talk this through with you first I think it's important to know that we are never going to know it all and nursing is a profession where we're absolutely always going to be learning so I think when you do none of us ever will no one is ever going to know it all we're always going to be asking those questions and always going to be curious Mm. and I think as well don't you know you might have people around you in your area that go you don't I have my students say this you know the one of the nurses said you don't know that you're a first year or you're a third year you should know that by now and I think that's not very helpful is it that kind of type of communicating or, or people saying those things and putting pressure on people yeah no absolutely not not at all I think it's um it's really it's really difficult sometimes I think a lot of the pressures we bring on ourselves as well don't we um but yeah it it, it's really challenging and it's hard when you're a student and you're newly qualified because everyone's perception of where you should be or what you should be doing is completely different so you're sort of torn in the middle of everything but I think it's just about knowing that you can speak out for yourselves and and asking for that support I think that's really that's the one piece of advice I would give don't feel like you need to know absolutely everything because none of us do yeah good advice and you're um a lead you're in a leadership position um uh, in your current role how did you find that kind of step up to being a leader I found it really challenging um but equally fantastic uh, when I stepped up to my leadership roles so obviously in the last sort of few years I've gone from like a registered nurse up to a regional lead and at each different stage it's brought with it its own sort of challenges and amazingness um I'm really lucky to have um lots of support where I've worked um but I really enjoyed like the compassionate side of leadership I think you've got to be able to understand and engage with your workforce and to be approachable um, for it to work I think leadership's very much about doing it from within um, as much as a lot of people say you know you lead from the front and all this like I absolutely believe you lead from within your teams um, and I think it's all about that empowerment and getting the best out of people um, like obviously there's that you demonstrate those values and those behaviors but I think you need to be able to show people that those values and those behaviors are within them Mm. Um, and that's what I really really enjoy about leadership like making people believe that they absolutely are in the right place in the right job and where are, where are we going to take you on this journey um, that that's what I really enjoy the sort of staff engagement and seeing them develop Sick. Um, and a massive congratulations on you know in your progression that's because that's amazing yeah th- thank you very much I, I've always said I don't know what it is about um the sort of prison environment but I, ju- I just really really enjoy it I just absolutely love it and I think because the passion's there I imagine that's been the force behind pushing me to flourish um in this career mm, of course um and that kind of leads us nicely where do you see your career going what are your aims moving forward so 
I said I said earlier I started in 2018 and I've thought I didn't I think I started in 2017 actually um and back then when I first sort of put that belt on and got my keys I never imagined that I would be where I am now me um, too so I had absolutely no idea <laughs> yeah so to, to say where I would want to be um in another few years I don't know I've got a lot of passion about students and student placements in prisons um i think it's an absolute unbelievable learning environment to be in um and i think not just for your your clinical skills i think your your conversation style your commute how you communicate there's just so much to learn that i would potentially like to do something in like sort of showcasing prison healthcare and placements for students i think something like that but but we'll see. I'm, I'm enjoying the role I'm in now um, and I don't intend to move for a while. Well, yeah. And do you want to do further study? Is that something that's interested you? Yeah, so I've done the, um, obviously, the PNA and my prescribing at level seven, but I would like to sort of wrap everything up um, and do a master's, probably in healthcare leadership, um, I should imagine. Um, but but we'll see. I change my mind a lot, so I could I could go anywhere. Um, I could be an ACP. I don't know. And that is the beauty of nursing. I don't know where I'm going to go next. But we've got potential. That's what we do yeah. have in nursing, don't we? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll never we'll never be bored. We'll never never be bored. Um, thank you so much, Emma, for joining me today and sharing your career and your thoughts and your opinions. So thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed myself. Thank you very much. And I hope it sparks, even if it's at least one person's interest in prison nursing, that'll be enough for me. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Thank you so much.